Hello, my name is Jackie Duncan, and I'm going to pick up where my esteemed colleague Wallace Marshall left off and explain to you today some of the consequences of ciliopathies that affect retinal structures when transport can't keep up with turnover. As Wallace was mentioning earlier, cilia represent important structures in many cells in the body. And in fact, the retinal, the retinal photoreceptors, or vision cells, contain an important cilia structure called the connecting cilia. Many genes that cause the photoreceptors to, gener to degenerate and die encode proteins that localize to that connecting cilia. And some of those proteins are also expressed in cilia in other parts of the body, such as the kidneys and the cerebellum. When these mutations affect photoreceptor cells, many different types of mutations that localize to the cilia can cause the photoreceptor cells to die. Oftentimes, the rods are affected first, in which case a disease is called retinitis pigmentosa, or rod cone degeneration. Other times, the cone photoreceptors, which help us see colors and fine details, are affected earlier. In those cases, it would be considered a cone rod dystrophy. Um, additional, very severe forms of retinal degeneration affect children in infancy and cause very severe vision loss very early in life. In that condition is known as labor congenital amaurosis. All three of these types of diseases can be caused by mutations that affect cilial proteins. Sometimes, as is not perhaps surprising based on the talk earlier this morning, patients can have not only problems with their retina, but also problems elsewhere in the body. Some patients have retinal degeneration in association with hearing loss. That constellation of findings is known as Usher syndrome. Other findings can include situs inversus, disorders of limb and digit development, obesity, learning difficulties or developmental delay, problems with the liver or kidneys, and reduced sperm motility or abnormal sperm structure with reduced fertility. This slide shows a histological section of the retina, which demonstrates the well-organized layers uh, that include different cells of the retina. The vision cells are located adjacent to the eye wall, uh, and their cell bodies are located next to their inner segments and outer segments. The outer segments are the parts of the retina photoreceptors that turn light into a message that the brain can understand. This slide shows an optical coherence tomography scan, or OCT scan. This is a type of picture we can obtain in the retina clinic of the layers of the retina in cross-section from living eyes non-invasively. The technology uses near-infrared light, which is reflected differently by the different layers of the retina. The layers of the retina that contain cell bodies, or the nuclear layers, tend not to reflect light as much as the plexiform layers where the axons and synapses of the retina reside. Because the cell body layers are interspersed with the synaptic layers, we can obtain a very nice layered structure of the image of the retinal structure um, non-invasively from patients using this technique in the clinic. I'd like to call to your attention some of the layers uh, in this OCT scan that represent the locations of the photoreceptors. The dark layer I'm showing you now is the location of the photoreceptor cell bodies where the rod and cone nuclei reside. 
Then there's a bright line separating the nuclear layers from the inner segments of the photoreceptors where all the mechanics and machinery necessary to generate proteins resides. There's a bright band called the connecting cilia band, which connects the inner segment to the outer segment of the photoreceptor. And at this location, the photoreceptor connecting cilia reside. They play an important and critical role in trafficking proteins from the inner segments where the proteins are synthesized to the outer segments located in this somewhat dark band where they are necessary to turn light into a message that the brain can understand through a process known as phototransduction. And in patients with retinal degeneration, we can monitor the presence and integrity of this bright connecting cilium band to determine the extent to which photoreceptors have degenerated and died. Again, showing this histological section of the retina, if we focus our attention on the parts of the retina that actually do the work of turning light into a message the brain can understand, the inner and outer segments shown here, and magnify this, studying it with an electron microscope rather than a light microscope, you can see that the inner segment machinery of the cell is connected to the outer segment disks, which phototransduce light into a chemical message that the brain can understand by the connecting cilium, shown here. This is the cilia structure that characterizes all photoreceptor cells. It is important not only for photoreceptor structure, but also for photoreceptor trafficking of proteins that are synthesized in the inner segment and then transferred down to the outer segment where they are necessary to allow the light to be turned into a message the brain can understand. So you can understand that proteins that localize to the important connecting cilium can cause problems with the photoreceptors and can even cause them to die. Photoreceptor cilia are somewhat similar to the cilia you heard about earlier in this talk. They are primary cilia, non-modal cilia, and they have a 9 plus 0 structure. They connect the inner segments of the photoreceptors to the outer segments. And every protein that the vision cell needs, photoreceptor needs, to turn light into a message the brain can understand through a process known as phototransduction, um, as well as proteins necessary to keep the outer segments alive and working, uh, must be made in that inner segment part of the cell and transported to the outer segment by that essential connecting cilium structure. When cilia proteins are mutated or abnormal, retinal degeneration can occur because normal cilia are required for normal function not only of the retina but also of the inner ear, the brain, and the kidneys, so sometimes causing syndromic forms of retinal degeneration. And again, retinal degenerations can sometimes affect that specialized photoreceptor cilium with or without effects on other types of cilia in the body. The first example I'll tell you about today is caused by a cilia protein known as RPGR, which stands for retinitis pigmentosa GTPase regulator. This gene is mutated about 70% of the time in patients who have inherited retinitis pigmentosa in an X-linked fashion is a gene encoded on the X chromosome. It's also mutated or changed in about 25% of male patients with retinitis pigmentosa with no clear history of X-linked inheritance. And it's an abnormal gene change in about 11% of retinitis pigmentosa overall, making it an important cause of retinal degeneration. It plays an important role in the formation of the photoreceptor outer segment discs, 
by interacting with a protein called RPGR interacting protein, or RPGRIP, and also plays an important role in trafficking of a protein called opsin that is necessary for normal phototransduction and photoreceptor cell survival. This is a fundus photograph, or a picture of the back of the eye, from a patient with X-linked retinitis pigmentosa. This 19-year-old patient had a mutation in the RPGR gene that resulted in a frame shift encoding that protein uh, and causing it to be truncated early and perhaps not functioning normally. This 19-year-old patient presented with difficulty with night vision and difficulty with side vision. He retained good central vision, however, uh, until the age of the examination, uh, which in this case was 19. You can see in this fundus photograph that compared to a normal 19-year-old, In this patient, the optic nerve is somewhat pale, the vessels are somewhat narrow, and if we look further out at the edges of the eye, you can see this black pigment change, which is is known as bone spicule pigmentary change. And that occurs in areas where the photoreceptors have gone away and died. However, right in the center of his retina, which is the area responsible for central visual acuity, the retina is more normal and his vision in, at this time was approximately 20-30. The reason it was 20-30 can be seen in this optical coherence tomography scan. Unlike the normal scan I showed you earlier in this talk, you can see that at the very center of the retina, we see dark spaces. These dark spaces are cysts, uh, which represent fluid accumulating in the very center of the retina. Another abnormality that we can see on this OCT scan which is a little more subtle, but I'll demonstrate to you with a higher magnified scan, is that that important inner segment, outer segment junction band, shown here in white, is only present right in the center where the patient's visual acuity is good. You'll notice that at the edges of the scan, that band is absent. And that indicates that the photoreceptors beyond the very center of the retina have degenerated and died, even at the age of 19 in this patient. So an even more severe form of retinal degeneration is known as Leber's congenital amaurosis, or LCA. This presents with very severe vision loss in infancy or early childhood. And the vision loss in this case is due to death of the photoreceptors at very early ages. Children with LCA present with abnormal eye movements called nystagmus. They're often far-sighted or hyperopic. And many of them rub on their eyes in what is believed to be an attempt to stimulate some perception at the visual cortex due to mechanical stimulation, given that the photoreceptors are not responding to light. Children with LCA sometimes have an abnormal pupil response to light, where when you shine a light in the pupil, rather than constricting as it normally should, the pupils dilate. LCA has been associated with at least 14 and perhaps even 17 different genetic mutations. At least Two to three of these are associated with mutations in proteins that localize to the cilia. And two of these are RPGRIP1 and, as Wallace mentioned earlier, CEP290 or NPHP5. RPGRIP1 causes a very rare form of labor congenital amaurosis, affecting only about 6% of children with this disease. However, it is an important protein that forms an axoneme component of the connecting cilium of photoreceptors. It is an important protein to anchor the retinitis pigmentosa GTPase regulator, or RPGR protein, that I mentioned 
in the patient with X-linked retinitis pigmentosa that caused vision loss later in life. This protein regulates the actin cytoskeleton reorganization as new discs are being formed on a daily basis. When it is absent, proteins do not traffic normally from the inner segments to the outer segments, resulting in disorganized outer segments. And the protein opsin, which is necessary for normal phototransduction, becomes mislocalized to the cell nucleus. If it's not able to get into the outer segments, phototransduction cannot occur and children cannot see. This is a fundus photograph of a child with labor congenital amaurosis, also showing pallor of the optic nerve, attenuation of the vessels, and pigmentary changes. Unlike the patient I showed you a few minutes ago, this picture was taken from an infant under anesthesia, demonstrating that this is a very early onset form of retinal degeneration. We can measure how well the vision cells are responding to light objectively in children that are very young and in older people as well using a contact lens with a wire in it on the eye. This is analogous to an electrocardiogram where electrodes are used to measure electrical responses that the heart makes whenever it beats. This test is known as an electroretinogram, which measures electrical responses that the retina creates whenever it responds to light. This child with labor congenital amaurosis has an electroretinogram which is shown at the bottom of this slide and in response to dim lights that should only stimulate the nighttime vision cells or rods, as well as bright lights that should only stimulate the daytime vision cells or cones, the patient's electroretinogram is essentially unmeasurable, suggesting that both the photoreceptor types, the rods and the cones, are severely dysfunctional uh, and their responses are nearly absent in this young child with labor congenital amaurosis. As I mentioned before, Ciliopathies can affect not only the retina, but also other cell types in the body. As Wallace had mentioned, oftentimes cilia mutations will cause not only retinal degeneration, but problems with the kidneys, known as nephronophysis, which is pro causes progressive death of the renal cells and tubules. A condition known as senior Loken syndrome uh, is characterized by retinitis pigmentosa plus nephronophysis. And this occurs in about 10% of patients who have mutations in genes called NPHP1 through NPHP4. There's a gene known as NPHP5, which causes senior Loken syndrome associated with cystic kidney disease and early onset retinal degeneration, which rarely can also cause labor congenital amaurosis in the absence of any kidney disease. And this occur, accounts for only about 3% of patients with LCA. Another syndromic form of labor congenital amaurosis associated with mutations that affect the cilia is caused by a gene called NPHP6 or CEP290. And Wallace mentioned this gene in his part of the talk. It causes, it's a very common cause of labor congenital amaurosis, responsible for about 20% of these cases. This gene localizes to the centrosome and connecting cilia of the photoreceptors and associates with the two proteins I mentioned earlier in this talk, RPGR and RPGRIP1. It also sometimes causes a disease called Joubert syndrome. Joubert syndrome is characterized by dysfunction of the kidneys, the retina, and the cerebellum. The cerebellar disease causes a very interesting and somewhat unique finding that is visible on histological sections and also MRI scans of the brain in which the cerebellar vermis tissues 
are hypoplastic or dysplastic. Their fibers do not cross the central midline or decussate, resulting in a feature on MRI scan that can help with, assist with the diagnosis of this disease, known as the molar tooth sign. And I'll show you that picture, a picture of that molar tooth condition in the next slide. Patients with this disease also have thick, elongated cerebellar peduncles, which contribute to the molar tooth finding and a deep posterior interpeduncular fossa. This is felt to be a consequence of defective axon guidance in the absence of normally functioning cilia. There's no crossing of the superior cerebellar peduncle structures. Interestingly, a mouse with a mutation in a gene called RD16 also has early onset retinal degeneration, and this is the mouse equivalent of the CEP290 gene. This MRI scan slide shows a patient with Joubert syndrome at the top and a normal subject at the bottom. You can see the cerebellum is shown in the middle of this slide. And unlike the normal cerebellum shown at the bottom of this slide, which looks a little bit like a butterfly, the patient with Joubert syndrome has an appearance of almost a a molar tooth uh, with very elongated cerebellar peduncles. Um, This is also seen in another section shown here, where again, the cerebellar vermis is hypoplastic or dysplastic, and there's a big space between the two sections because the axons are not crossing normally as they should in the absence of the function of this normal ciliary protein. So interestingly, CEP290 and RP-GRIP1 both cause labor congenital amaurosis. Both of these are photoreceptor ciliary proteins, Both of them cause early onset and very severe degeneration of the rod cells, subsequently uh, followed by degeneration of the cone cells. But importantly, the central cones in both of these diseases tend to be spared until later in life, resulting in some residual central vision for patients with these mutations. Retinal degenerations can also be associated with other proteins that localized to the connecting cilium or other ciliopathies. A large and somewhat uncommon but important class of retinal degenerations is known as Bardet beetle syndrome. This disease, class of diseases causes retinal degeneration, again, because mutations that affect the connecting cilium in the outer retina result in photoreceptor dysfunction and death. We can monitor that connecting cilium band carefully in the clinic non-invasively using a spectral domain optical coherence tomography scan, which I showed you earlier during this talk. In addition to retinal degeneration, Bardet beetle syndrome includes systemic findings, including obesity, extra fingers and toes, known as polydactyly, general abnormalities, such as hypogonadism. About half of patients have difficulties smelling, and many patients have hearing loss. Again, manifestations of mutations in proteins that affect the critical ciliar structures of a number of different tissues in the body. This slide shows a picture of polydactyly of the feet, showing an extra toe, and a patient who had had polydactyly of the fingers, who was uh, 56 years old, and the polydactyly or the extra fingers had been removed early in life. So sometimes the only clue that a patient had polydactyly will be surgical scars on the fingers of older or adult patients. This patient had a mutation in a gene known as BBS10, Uh, And you can see that patients with Bardet beetle syndrome have uh, retinal degeneration that sometimes affects even the central retina or the macula, 
resulting in central, severe central vision loss. In this patient with advanced retinal degeneration due to a mutation in BBS10, the, you can see widespread loss of the photoreceptors as manifest by pigmentary changes really throughout the fundus. In addition, the optic nerves are very pale and the retinal vasculature is very thin. And this patient's vision was reduced to the order of barely being able to see hands moving in front of his face. The contact lens ERG test was resulted in responses that were unmeasurable, suggesting severe and diffuse widespread photoreceptor degeneration. To give a patient a diagnosis of Barde Beetle syndrome requires at least four of six primary features. These can include rod cone dystrophy, polydactyly on either the ulnar side of the hand or the fibular side of the foot. Obesity is a key finding, and often the baseline metabolic index is greater than 97%. I mean, these patients are quite overweight. Oftentimes, patients will have learning disabilities. General abnormalities can be essential an essential component of the diagnosis. And renal abnormalities, such as the cystic kidneys that Wallace mentioned earlier in this talk, are a frequent finding in patients with Barde Beetle syndrome. Less common features that can also be seen, but which are not required to make a diagnosis of Barde Beetle syndrome, include delay in the development of speech, uh, fingers that are not necessarily extra, but might be fused abnormally at birth, similarly toes that have been fused, or syndactly. Developmental delay or learning difficulties, diabetes insipidus, diabetes mellitus, abnormalities of the teeth, such as hypodontia, can be a feature of Barty Beetle syndrome. Some patients can have problems with their heart or their kidneys, and again, patients sometimes have difficulties with smell. Barty Beetle syndrome not only causes rod cone degeneration, but can also cause, uh, which is variable in its severity, but can also cause uh, pigmentary retinal degeneration with early macular involvement, resulting in very severe vision loss at early ages. And in some cases, the diagnosis is made with a contact lens test, or ERG, as early as infancy, or 14 months of age. And these children are sometimes mistaken for patients with labor congenital amaurosis until a history is taken to find that, ind indeed, the patient has other systemic manifestations, such as polydactyly, or obesity, or developmental delay, or kidney disorders. Many times, a primary care physician has observed these separate systemic abnormalities and not known that the retinal degeneration was uh, associated as well until the ERG is obtained, at which point a diagnosis of Barde Beetle can be made. It's an important diagnosis to make because patients need to be monitored over the course of their life for the development of hepatic, renal, uh, hepatic and renal disease as well as diabetes. There are up to 14 different mutations that can cause Barde Beetle syndrome, and some of them cause very severe and early onset vision loss, with legal blindness in the second or third decade in up to almost three-fourths of patients. However, there are other genetic mutations that cause Barty Beetle syndrome, which are milder in their onset and severity. Some people can be asymptomatic and nearly normal. And in this particular mutation, vision doesn't always correlate with age. Some patients retain normal visual acuity until their second and third and even fourth decade. This is an example of a patient with one of the more severe genetic mutations, BBS5. This Jordanian patient was from a family with a history of consanguinity in that her parents were first cousins. She retained central visual acuity of 2200, which 
equates to legal blindness, but does enable her to read large print letters. But you can see, again, there are retinal pigmentary changes in the macula, which have been seen in other patients with Barty Beetle syndrome. Uh, in contrast to some of the other patients with retinal degeneration that I showed you today, the optic nerves are less pale, the vessels are less attenuated, and there's less bone spicule pigmentary change in the edges of the retina than are, was observed in some other forms of retinal degeneration. When we get an optical coherence tomography picture of the retina in this patient, we see loss of the inner retinal tissues at the fovea, resulting in her 2200 visual acuity. But actually, the inner segment, outer segment band shown here is relatively well preserved in the macula, again, corresponding to the fact that she retains some central visual acuity um, even at the age of 20. This is a patient with a less severe form of Barty Beetle syndrome caused by a mutation in the BBS1 gene. In this patient, we see some abnormality at the level of the macula um, and a more extensive evidence of vascular attenuation and pigmentary changes along the arcades. In addition, the disc is slightly more pale in this uh, 19-year-old child with BBS1 mutations. Her OCT looks very similar to that of the other patient, again, with severe thinning in the center um, and abnormalities of the connecting cilium band throughout the macula. So the take-home points I wish to leave you with uh, in regarding, uh, regarding patients with ciliopathies or ciliary mutations is that cilia account for an important component of photoreceptor structure. So abnormalities of photoreceptor cilia genes can cause death of the photoreceptors, both the rods and the cones. And abnormalities of photoreceptor cilia genes, or ciliopathies, are an important cause of retinal degeneration, in addition to multiple other systemic findings that can occur when cilia mutations are present. Again, the widespread expression of ciliary genes often results in systemic abnormalities beyond the eye, including primary ciliary dyskinesia, senior Loken syndrome, Joubert syndrome, and Barde beetle syndrome. And ciliary gene abnormalities represent an important target or important targets for investigation and potential future, future therapies to help patients not only lose their vision due to retinal degeneration, but also enjoy uh, healthier and longer lives.